cliffcentral.com Where does the future of South Africa rest? APSA and the Growing Up Without a Father Foundation believe in the hands of its youth. That's why with gender-based violence fast making the country an increasingly unsafe place for women to live in and robbing women and children of possibility, both APSA and Growing Up Without a Father Foundation committed to hashtag stop to start. A series of interactive workshops and football-themed activations aimed at changing behaviors and mindsets. More than 1,000 young men and their teachers were positively impacted by these, proving again that APSA is a purpose-led organization that brings possibilities to its customers and the communities where they operate to life. Gareth Cliff spoke to key stakeholders at the Soweto leg of the activation to find out more about this initiative. In this interview, he interviews Sazini Mochabelo, Managing Executive for APSA Corporate Citizenship and Community Investments on the impact of hashtag Stop to Start. Sazini, we live in a country where if you're a boy, the message you're getting is that you're trash. The message you're getting is that you're responsible for all the violence in society, that you're responsible for only the bad things, that there are, there are few things that you can do that aren't going to have a negative impact. And that's obviously wrong. We know it's wrong. Mm. And there are lots of boys who are looking for guidance. It's brave of Absa to be involved in this. How did it all start? Um, hi, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. And you. Um, I was just saying earlier that one of the things we, or my role in the bank is to, to look at how we create a meaningful impact. And when we were at the CASP or the breaking point around sexual and gender-based violence with the student at UCT, um, and I think the, it just brought matters to a head. And a, a strong message was sent out. I think we're actually the only corporate where we had the chairman and the CEO speak out against it. And that was us taking a stand as a large corporate, as a bank, and saying, actually, we condemn this behavior. Every person should feel safe, and particularly the way it happened. And what, what then, um, the task that was then put forward was, can you develop something that is impactful and can make a meaningful impact in our communities? And within that, to try and make sure that in the development of such an initiative, it's sustainable and it deals with the real issues that we should be focusing on. To your point, the messages that young men are bombarded with are not positive messaging. Mm. It's very negative messaging. And look, we've got to admit in this country we do have a major problem. Men are not the best men they could be in very many situations, and that's how we have this terrible gender-based violence problem. Mm. But the way that, that you guys are getting involved is unexpected. A mm. lot of people would say, why would a bank, and I'm sure this happens with you all the time because you come from the citizenship role mm. and you're trying to find ways to make a meaningful impact mm. and to improve society. And mm. sometimes the commercial interests trump that. Mm. How did you win over in this respect? Um, the board, the people who might think, mm. you know, ordinary absent consumers and mm. customers who think, well, why don't they tell us about products instead? Mm. How do you win that battle? I think for this particular instance, it was unique because the entire country was outraged. There were many marches that were done with people dressed in black saying stop. So 
our role has always been where we look at how we play a shaping role in society. And a big part of our DNA as a bank, and even if you look into our history, has always been making a positive impact in our communities. And we've always taken the view that we want to be an active force for good. And when something like this happens, you don't keep quiet. We take our role in society quite seriously. Mm. And maybe if I can just unwind, the reason why my title in the bank is Head of Corporate Citizenship and Community Investments, it's because we look at our role as a corporate citizen in the country. And we take it quite seriously. And if you think what citizens' role is, should be and the rights you have is what we see ourselves as, and therefore it, exp- it expands beyond just providing a service to our customers and clients, but actually taking on a social responsibility to making our country grow, drive social cohesion, social justice, and we're invested in that space. I must say it was not difficult at all. It actually was a request from board. To say, what are we doing? If we so say, they don't see you as a dangerous activist. They have to keep. No, they actually <laughs> give me wings to fly. That's fantastic. And and I I, I attribute it to the chairman Wendy Lucas Bull, who takes her role as a chair for such a bank as important and entrenched in our societies and how systemic we are mm. and the impact we can have. And I think she's had that kind of legacy, if you look at her role in First Round as well, where she drives transformation, social impact and change. Well, it's obviously helpful that you also have uh, a history and, and you're a sought-after speaker yourself in terms of you know, conceptualizing, developing, implementing these kinds of programs. But it is gratifying to see on the faces of these young men here that they're taking it in. They're doing this in an environment where it's fun. They can meet some of their heroes. You can tie together the value of the sponsorship that you guys have with the Premiership, for example, with the fact that young men are looking for role models Mm. and that some of the time their sports heroes are their role models. They're likelier to listen to them than they are to me or to Mm. you or Mm. to somebody else who might have you know, some strong societal value to impart, but Mm. they're not really listening some of the time. And then for them, as David Wingfield said just a minute ago, to hold each other accountable. This is a male bonding session, effectively. I mean, that's that's quite extraordinary. You don't see this often. Mm. And I think uh, I would I would I would say that the the success or the thinking behind it is brought together by David being specialist in the marketing, branding, and corporate and um, um, sponsorships space, and my expertise in community investments, development, and change. If you put us in the same room, invariably we'll bring our different expertise to bear. I will talk to how men need to speak to boys. And he'll say the best way to do that and bring that to life in an environment that is non-threatening is let's use our sponsorship collateral. Similarly to our hashtag stop campaign, I will bring the theory behind it and its importance and its long-term impact. They'll say the best way to bring this to life is running a campaign that communicates the following and reaches the masses this way. So I think it's more not so much just... um the uh, my expertise alone, but I think the the work of the team bringing these kind of initiatives to life is a combination of the different expertise around the table. You have kids, three, two boys, two boys and one girl, and one girl. So, what kind of a a world would you like your boys to to grow up in and lead and 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 be examples of? What kind of a world would you like them to to possess one day? So you see, for me. Um, these kind of initiatives become very personal. And um, when I look at how 
for my boys, the access and the privilege they have, the way they are raised, the way the schools teach them, they have positive role modeling. They will tell me stuff about themselves that I'm not even aware of. But the school is providing that enabling environment. And if I look then to 90% of the population, 90% of the boys who are in disadvantaged communities, they don't have that kind of access. So if you just look at the access that my boys have and what the rest don't have, how do we bridge the divide? It's through these kind of initiatives where we then empower the young man, empower the boy to make the decisions that inform how they grow up in the next generation. I look at how my boys actually are more empowered about their rights and what is right and wrong and how they treat their sister, how they treat their mother. And they have that not only from home, but the the socialization process or the system around them enables them to do that. And that's access and privilege. That in most of our communities, if you get into the township and rural areas, they don't have that. The families are not... Uh, well put together. Fathers may be present, but they can be absent as well, even if they're there. And all they seek to do is to provide. But that ability to then do the positive role modeling, they look for it elsewhere. So these kind of initiatives, then even if it's just a seed that is planted, they will remember it. And I think that's where we pitched this kind of uh, our intervention, not with men, but with a boy child mm-hmm. and started our conversations there. And there are conversations that should be ongoing. So we are looking at how this is a pilot, but how we actually roll it out more sustainably and create a program. One of my big things is to always work to enable government and the departments to do things better. Right. And that's our role in private-public partnerships. So we do the proof of concept, and then I go and have the conversation with Panyaza. Say, can we do this and make it roll out? Find civil society organizations like um, the one we're working with now and with the corporate muscle that we have, and then work with government to create a more sustainable impact. Yeah, I, I met Charlie Peterson a while ago, and I've been aware of him because we, we did a program in, in Bloemfontein a long time ago, about five years ago. And he has really done an incredible job of of going into terrain that hasn't been mm. explored very much in this mm. country. I know how much you've done in terms of women entrepreneurship mm. and that kind of thing in your own career. And people often think that it has to be one or the other. Mm-mm. But actually, we should be growing our young men and w- young women yes. together. And, and you brought up your daughter as well. The kind of world that you want her to live in and the kind of men you'd like her to interact with is also, that's a motivating force mm. individually for you about why you'd want to get involved in something like mm. this. Mm. And, and the way that men interact with women in this country, there's a lot that we can learn. I think, I think that's exactly the point. And some of the things that I've uh, struggled with in my role uh, in APSA is how there's so much attention paid to the girl child. And yes, I understand the inequality, but the inequality start is at a certain generation level, not with the girl child at the moment. They are very empowered, mm. and we've created that enabling environment for them. Which is but good. I'm concerned it's to the disadvantage of the boy child. So more investment needs to go in there. But if I look at how my daughter views life, it's similar to her mom because she role models. And my boys role model my husband. And they also learn beyond that. But if we then expand it into what we can do as a corporate citizen, as a bank, is to actually try and drive those positive messaging and impact and role modeling more broadly beyond just the nuclear family. And I think 
uh, with some of the learnings and academic experience I've had, what I studied. It's more around looking at how you start with your nuclear family and socialize out into your community and the next sphere of influence and how you form your identities. These kind of initiatives are a big part of that in how you form your identity. Um, Absa, you, you guys are not shouting your name all over the place, so I'm going to do it for you, but you've been involved in a number of scholarships. There is a, a, an employment program mm -hmm. that's kicking off soon with the presidency, among other things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. Do you want to just give us a brief overview of what's going on with the scholarships? Um, I think we, we've actually been involved in the scholarship initiative for quite a long time now, and we it was one, once again a response to where we are an active force for good. And when the fees must fall movement was happening, we said we cannot actually be looking at our resources in the manner that we do. Let's divert funding into universities. We identified 21 universities across the country and uh, decided to be audacious about our goals and started with 3,000 hmm. young people in 21 universities. And we said we're taking them back to school. Because most are financially excluded, not academically excluded. And we're a financial services organization. Literally, we can try and divert some of our resources um, towards supporting these young people. And we've supported, to date, maybe over 10,000. Um, and we continue to do so. We just did another investment now, which is quite big. But the difference with this one, we said, um, let us look at postgraduate diplomas and certificates. Because what we need as, an, as a skills. country are skills. We support degrees, yes. Mm. But the young person who's moving from a degree and getting a certification in digital coding is actually not funded. Sure, and it's probably more valuable in and the long term. And it's what right? we need. It's one of the careers of the future as opposed to, you know, we don't, we don't actually need a whole lot more lawyers. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry to say. Yeah, I'm sorry but, too. It's what I've <laughs> But we then had the conversations with UCT, for example, with VITS, and they've developed these different diplomas and certifications, how to do financial uh, analysis and coding, how to do digital finance. And we said we want to support young people in that. And they are financially excluded. Well, I, I, I don't know if you're going to go and kick a ball around later. I don't know if you've got any skills in that department. I definitely don't. Neither do I. But we've got Tekomudise, uh, Spiwa Chabalala coming. These are guys who... These young men look up to, it's going to be a fun day. It's and not my young all. boys look up to them too. Yeah, well, who doesn't in this country? These are our heroes. The sports mm. stars in this country mm. are, are the people who I think a lot of, of, of young men idolize. Mm. But it's a, it's a fun day. It's not all, you know, we hear these guys up behind us now. It's a full day program, yeah? Rejection. And I think this is, <laughs> this Deep. is something that not just these young men, but all of us men yes. struggle with. Yes. So I'm kind of listening with half an ear. But well done on your involvement in this, and, and thank you for kicking off a, a program that's going to go far beyond today mm. and that will start to trickle into communities and start making a real difference for so many young men and then obviously the young women they interact with They too. benefit. Damn right. It's yes. terrific. Thank you, Sazini. Awesome. Thanks, Nice Gareth. to see you.